0: Hi, this is Wu Lee, and welcome to the Dentist Friends Podcast, our initial episode, our inaugural episode, our premiere, whatever you want to call it. I'm having fun, and I hope you will too, very shortly. My partner Stephen and Chow and I sat down in between camera takes at the Tuxedo Studios in Los Angeles, California, as part of the Sprint Ray 3DX event. And so we were lucky enough, one, just to have time to chat with each other, but also to record some great conversations with some of dentistry's most prominent thought leaders and dare i say influencers in our field so here's Stephen chow and i in our opening conversation and stay tuned for more episodes from the 3dx sessions today's episode of the dentist friends podcast is brought to you by me at photodontist.com we make the vpr the only dentist designed dentist manufactured Vice makes photography both easy and fun for your team and staff alike. Let's face it, the SLR that you bought is collecting dust because it's too heavy, it's too clunky, and they don't like using it. Make photography fun again. You know you need photography in your office for case acceptance, for documentation, for lab communication, and just for plain old CYA. Find out what hundreds of dentists literally all over the world have already found out that the VPR is one of the best tools for photography, either day-to-day or even sometimes your portfolio cases. Visit photodontist.com, use promo code DENTISTFRIENDS10 to take 10% off for listening to the Dentist Friends podcast. Now back to our programming. I got some questions. So we're recording now. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Hold on a second. I got to pull this up here so I can kind
1: of look through it. So, um... Let me ask one of their questions first. So let me okay. pretend I'm interviewing you. Sure. So um, tell me about your 3D printing journey and what excites you about the future.
0: So I bought my 3D printer from a guy selling the selling it out of his trunk in L.A. <laughs> I can't say that, can I? <laughs> you could if you want. I mean, we can edit whatever we want from yeah. through the interview. So I, I, yeah. I feel like it's just kind of fun. No, I, I probably wouldn't talk about that because that's, to me, that's like a two or three minute answer, you know? Yeah. Basically it doesn't, I don't know if that's a good story. It's like, to me, it's like 3d printing. I think I, I got a flyer and went to a meeting and we started to meet some people and try it and 3d printing is the fulfillment of being able to make what you think in a sense, you know, it's a way to fulfill your imagination or to accomplish a need that couldn't be done easily before i think that's that's the most important thing about 3d printing i think as far as that's not the question i'd answer i think the i think 3d printing for the patients what's in it for them is that we now have something where we can fit the solution to the patient and not the patient to the solution and that's what's revolutionary about it is that we have this flexibility and this variety of materials that is progressing very rapidly, and if it's not good enough today, it's going to be good enough tomorrow very soon. Right. the the rate the rate of evolution in the 3D printing
1: field has been dramatic. So we know it's a matter of when. It's not whether. Uh, it's not a matter of whether it, or not it's going to be. And I think you're absolutely right on the perspective that we need to find a new way of doing things. I feel like once a while, this technology that's come out is so new and so innovative. That early on during the adaptation, what we keep trying to do is that we try to fit this new technology and this new solution into an old way of thinking and into an old framework to say, wait, how, how do we take this new technology and pretend if you were a part of the old technology and then try to use it the old way? But what we really need to be thinking about is that with the advantage of this new technology, what more can we do? This let's, let's rethink how we solve problems altogether and how to utilize this technology better and come out with a new way of solving problems. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you about the, the um, spray-ray ceramic crown that we saw yesterday. Um, what type of clinician do you think the spray ceramic crown is perfect
0: for? I think it's going to be another... It's another tool in the toolkit. I mean, I think it's premature for any product, especially a brand new one, to say, hey, this is going to be the Panacea. This is going to be the one... The one hammer that bangs all nails, right? Right. But we're going to find out with some clinical experience what it's good at, what it's bad at. I think from my impressions of it, I think this is going to be material that's going to be very well suited to posterior single units. I think, I think that the optimizations that they've announced are going to make it a very viable same day dentistry tool. And you know, the question is going to come up, is this better or worse than Emacs, right? That is the standard, a two-decade-old standard, time-tested, and Zirconia, which is, you know, at almost as old. So on that aspect of it, I
1: understand where the question is coming from, but I keep going back to trying to evaluate new technologies as an old metric. We understand uh, ceramic restoration from Empress, all the way up to e and the new zirconia, the property of those material are more similar to brittle ceramic. However, when we're dealing with nano-ceramic resin, we have this extra fracture toughness, this, is, this ability to absorb um, force on top of it before breakage. We also have superior bonding strength. So by evaluating the strength of this material purely based on flexural strength in the traditional way of thinking about ceramic, Wouldn't be exactly fair. Now, I'm not claiming that it is superior to Emacs or Zirconia, but there's some advantages for their utility in dentistry that I think we need to
0: find a new way to evaluate it more fairly. That's true. And we also, in a a very real sense, it's apples and oranges. I know it's the same billing code, and a lot of people are excited about that because it's now billable, but think of Panda Express, right? Panda Express is inspired by Chinese food, but it's not authentic. Nobody, no rational person would say Panda Express is authentic Chinese food. It's its own thing. It's true. A lot of people enjoy it. It meets a lot of needs. Very popular. It's its own thing and you evaluate it on that. You know, is it successful and it's by its own merits? Is it going to, you know, is this ceramic crown resin? I shouldn't compare it to Panda Express. No, but I think I think you make a very. Uh, I think you ver- make a very good point in that,
1: is that people, especially Asian people, we always talk about Panda Express as, as if it's the butt of the jokes, right? it's, yes. it's not authentic Chinese. Some sort it's of a mockery ch- or an insult. It's an insult. It's a racial stereotype. Uh, so much so that we we fail to acknowledge its strength. No other Chinese food chain, no other Asian food chain has the same draw, has the same branding as Panda Express no other uh, Asian food restaurants have been able to penetrate through the American uh, society over the last 30 years. So by not acknowledging their strength and their success, we fail to learn anything from their experience to say what makes them successful and what can we learn from that to help us in our own experience. So I, I think that that is a fair question to ask. And um, coming back to digital dentistry and 3D printing, coming back to this new technology, nanoceramic crown for permanent restoration. I think it's time to look back and make sure that we're asking the right questions. So we're asking the questions that are actually relevant to clinical dentistry. And let's th- be open-minded about the pros and cons. Um, initial results and, and tests shows promises. It shows some advantages that we did not anticipate. It also shows some potential issues that might require more time to evaluate.
0: But doesn't everything in dentistry have a potential issue? Yes, that's why you call it dental practice. Even any material, you can name any material, modality, or technique, there's going to be a pro and a con. There's going to be known issues, even though they've, quote unquote, been solved. With every case, you have to maybe put your own twist on how to overcome those. I agree. Whether it's amalgam, composite, porcelain, zirconia, they all have to be planned and and anticipate what's going to happen and that's you know that's what makes us that's what makes dentistry challenging and 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 fun that's very true
1: i have a question for you regarding leadership in dentistry and leadership in the field in a breakthrough field as you know over the last few years uh, the group here and like the two of us have become leaders in the dental 3d printing community and as such, people often ask us, how do we get placed into this position? How are we here on the stage? How are we uh, representing a great company like Spray and telling people about their new innovations? And I wanted to ask you on your experiences uh, as to how you became a leader in the field of dental 3D printing and then how you can inspire uh, fellow
0: dentists to do the same in their career. There is an element of chance. There's you know, there's an element of chance and there's an element of choice in how I am where I am. I am still, I'll be honest, I still don't completely grasp some of the credit and trust and respect people give for me. I i, I feel like I'm a small town dentist, you know, doing relatively small time dentistry. But at the same time, the beauty of technology is that it allows you to achieve allow somebody of modest resources to do great things if you just put your mind to it some ingenuity if you're willing to see those boundaries and limitations and try to bend or exceed them try to use tools in a new way i think that brings some credit some trust some some cachet i suppose I, as I said, I, I kind of feel like I'm a. If I am a leader in dentistry, I feel it's, again, part accident, part just me being me. And if people, if I am doing what I love and I have a passion for, and there's an audience for that, wow, that's cool. No, I think. I think you're absolutely right, but you're probably too
1: humble uh, when it comes to describing yourself as a small-town dentist. Uh, I travel the world. I met with a lot of dental professionals. I met a lot of people in the industry, in the 3D printing field in general. And surprisingly, most people know who you are and they know who I am. So as much as we think, which is a small-time dentist, and we're playing around with our printers, uh, we're coming to this event and share the stage with some of the other great printers. I think... Everyone in this room is a leader in the own right. We're within the top of 0.1%, probably 0.01% in the dental field in terms of 3D printing and advancement of dentistry. The thing that I learned, though, is that we're fairly new at this. So you and I, uh, we got into dental 3D printing prior to this. We we were small town dentists. Uh, I have a nice practice going. I have great staff. I have great patients. But in terms of influence in the industry, in terms of uh, being an expert in a particular field, I feel like I wasn't much of that, whereas a lot of our guests here today, they have been industry uh, industry leaders, educational leaders, research leaders, and practicing leaders for decades. Yeah. And by being able to share the stages and to share the room and share the dining table with them, we learn a tremendous amount of respect as well as through their experience, we know
0: the next step of the steps that we need to take in our careers. I can't tell you how inspiring it's been to talk to some of the people that we have this weekend. Looking forward to uh, getting some of them here under the microphones so we can uh, talk some more with them. I agree,
1: and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to take this opportunity to set this up. I think it's a very rare opportunity to get a room full of such talent, the great dentists all together, the thought leaders in the industry, and as you said, Every single conversation that we have had, whether it be in a restaurant, it be on on, on that tour bus, whether we're just sitting around our, uh, the breakfast table, the conversations have been the very next level. And then I wish we could record all of it, but at least we have this opportunity to take this chance to speak with them on camera and also on the podcast.
0: Yes. We are getting ready to bring our first round of guests, Doctors Mike Tran, Aman Bular and Hardy Patel, will join us from 3D Implant Institute in episode two of our 3DX sessions of the Dentist Friends podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to uh, sharing with you our next episode.